Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. beyond just busyness. I mean, that is an aspect to it, but, but you can have a hurried heart, even when you don't have a lot on your calendar. And I know it because once, um, the lockdown happened, we, our calendars were whited out, but we still had this sense of hurry. It's almost like an adrenaline addiction. Aloha friends, and welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I hope you are wrapping up summer well, and I'm so thankful that you're taking time to hang out with me today. Now, you were just listening to a short clip from Jennifer Dukes Lee, today's podcast guest, and oh my goodness, she has so much wisdom to share. And we are talking about her brand new book called Growing Slow, Lessons on Unhurrying Your Heart from an accidental farm girl. And I just love Jennifer so much. I've followed her for a long time. I've read some of her other books that are so good. And wow, this time her message really connects with me and my personality. And like I tell her, I needed this book. And so I'm so glad I had the chance to read it. And I hope you get the chance to read it too. Either way, you're going to hear some good nuggets of wisdom, some encouragement and inspiration from Jennifer today. So I can't wait to share this interview with all of you. Now, I want to thank you for all the kind comments and just interactions last week for the two-year birthday of the Boy Mom book. If you missed that episode, be sure to go back and catch it. And thanks for being a part of the giveaway over in show notes. You guys are just the best. So I just want to thank you for all of that. I also want to thank you for recent ratings and reviews on this podcast. I'm going to share one more recent uh, review because these mean so much to me and I want you to know I read every single one. 
This one is from Afri Flygirl. I love the names here. I still haven't figured out how you end up with your names, but Afri Flygirl, she titled it so helpful, gave me five stars. Thank you so much. And she writes, I love how much she incorporates faith in parenting. Parenting today is so different than it was even when I was a kid. No joke, right? But Monica gives me the confidence and hope that I can raise these boys to be godly men of integrity. Yay, Afri Flygirl. Thank you so much for that. That is so much my heart. So it means so much to me when I read something like that. I'm like, yay, that's my prayer. And I want to give all of you confidence that you can do this. God knew the moms he was giving these boys to, and he knew you could do it. So let's all keep pressing on together. It's not easy ever, but we have a community here we can turn to and encourage one another. So thank you guys. All right, friends, I want to dive right into this interview. I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but without further ado, we've got Jennifer Dukes Lee talking about what it means to grow slow. I hope you're encouraged. Jennifer, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. So fun to be here. I've been looking forward to this, Monica. There's there's so much fun stuff to talk about. My notes are many, and I can't wait to just dive in. But before we do, why don't you give a quick introduction to everybody about who you are and where you are and what you do? Hey, sure. Yeah, happy to do so. My name is Jennifer Dukes-Lee, and I am a farm wife, and we are living on 700 acres where we're growing corn and soybeans, about a thousand pigs, and we're also raising two human beings. Oh my goodness, a <laughs> so, thousand pigs. Yeah, a thousand pigs. <laughs> two and humans. So, yeah, two humans. And oh, those right. humans are, one is, I guess, raised. Uh, she's out of out of the mm-hmm. pen, so to speak. Wow. Um, so she's off at Iowa State University studying music. And then we have a sophomore in high school here at home yet. So I'm a girl mom. And I'm also um, a book author. I uh, My latest book is Growing Slow. And I've been writing books since 2014. And But I've been writing since I was 16 years old when I got my first newspaper job. So I used to be a news reporter. And now I like to say I'm a good news reporter because I like sharing the good mm. news of Jesus Christ. So it's a lot more fun than covering tornadoes and plane crashes and all of the devastating <laughs> things that happen around this world. So it's a good life. That's right. I love it. And this farm that you live on, tell us a little more about that and how long that's been in the family. Yes. So this is a fifth generation family farm. So we're coming up on 150 years. It started with an original 40 acres and over time, um, Great grandpa, then grandpa, then dad, then my husband uh, bought more land, and it's it's kind of an average sized farm for an Iowa farm. It's not. It sounds like a lot of acres, and it it is a lot, um, yeah. but compared to a lot of farms around here, it's it's pretty modest to medium <laughs> sized farm. Um, and we're uh, in the midst of the planting season. It's a beautiful time of year, and there's just almost an electric feel to the the atmosphere. Just so much hopefulness in spring, you know, and it's yes. it's just a really um, hopeful time. A lot of optimism. I love that. I love to think about seasons because here in Hawaii, the the longer I live here, we we have seasons of our own, but we don't really have seasons, and so. Whenever I know the seasons are changing somewhere, I like to just daydream and imagine what that's like as mm, you go into that point. next season. Yeah, it's really special. And it is the one thing I would say I I miss 
probably the most. Well, what is your role on the farm? Like what, what's your, do you have kind of some daily things or I know I see pictures of you out there. So you get your hands dirty, right? I do. I will say I, my life is very full with writing and editing books and being a mom. And so I'm not, you know, there are some farm wives around here that are in the thick of it all that are, you know, running grain to town while they're during the harvest or really in with chores. But I mean, I do some of that, but it's not on a daily basis. Scott has a hired man, I guess, so to speak, that helps him with during busy times. And I mean, I help with some things there's, you know, in the, in the spring and the fall, it's just so busy and Scott can't mm-hmm. even take a break to, to come in to eat. So oh I take meals out to the field and, right. you know, just for fun, I like to go and when the Hold baby the pigs. pigs come, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I took, I did these videos with the, with the pigs for my Bible study videos and the pigs debut in, in session two of the Bible study. And I basically, I say in the video, I'm virtually no help when these pigs come because I basically just want to cuddle them all and give them names. (laughs) Totally. And so I do, I go, I show up, I help count the pigs and do all that. But I'm sure, I'm sure in some ways I am more harm than good. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I just think that is so much fun. Well, I'm excited to talk about the topic from your most recent book here called Growing Slow, Lessons on Unhurrying Your Heart from an Accidental Farm Girl. And I'm going to be honest, from from the beginning, I was a little uncomfortable reading it because I think the book might have been written for people like me. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you wrote it for yourself and it's, you know, really sharing your story and your journey. But I'm like, Ooh, this concept is hard. I, you know, I'm an Enneagram three and, um, doing anything slow is not comfortable for me. And so I kind of went in with trepidation, like, here we go, Monica, you're going to get really, you know, confronted with some truths that you need, but I love that you write it with such grace and so much humility. And so tell us kind of how this concept came to be. What made you know you needed to write this book? Because I'm also an Enneagram three. <laughs> I kid I you not. It. I just about uh-huh. died when you just said that. Yeah, yeah. I had seriously, a Monica. Uh, the book that I could have written really easily is a book called Growing Fast. Yes, yes. <laughs> like let's go, let's uh, go bigger, go, go home. Let's woo, yes. come on, let's get this stuff done, and uh, not take a beat and just move on to the next thing. But. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, then you'll relate too to the feeling of um at the end of the day, laying in your bed and never feeling like you've done quite enough, or you wake up 100%. in the morning and your yeah. feet hit the floor and you're like, I'm already behind. I feel behind. I should be further along by now. And what happens is the cortisol and the adrenaline levels suddenly spike up to levels that you were not supposed to be operating in all the time. And we're all day long in fight or flight mode. And it's beyond just busyness. I mean, that is an aspect to it, but, but you can have a hurried heart, even when you don't have a lot on your calendar. And I know it because once um, the lockdown happened, our calendars were whited out, but we still had this sense of hurry. And um, it's almost like an adrenaline addiction. I ended up in a doctor's office. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I've got all these aches and pains. I can't sleep right. I have digestive issues. And 
And they did a lot of tests because some of it sounded pretty serious. And Mm -hmm. in the end, he's basically like, you have hurry sickness (laughs) and it's an actual trauma to the body that is just like I'm pushing way too hard. And uh, people have always told me, Jennifer, you're so hard on yourself. Or Jennifer, you need to slow down. And it irritated the crap out of me when people would tell me Mm -hmm. to slow down because I'm like, you have no idea what I need to get done. You have no idea what is on my shoulders and the responsibility that I carry. And so the books like this have been about the last thing I would want to touch. Um, but this book didn't come out of a place of um, this has been my whole life philosophy. It came out of a place of this is the thing that rescued me. It is it is part permission slip for anybody who's wants to slow down but doesn't think they can. Um, but it's also victory story. I mean, that it's possible to live in victory, that it's possible to have the life that you're really after, a productive, fruitful life. But the way that you get there is not the way that you think that you're going to get there. The way that we think that we're going to get all the stuff that we want, all the success, all of the, you know, the the boxes ticked, a fruitful marriage, a fruitful uh, life as a parent, fruitful spirituality. We think that we get there by hurrying and hustling, but that's not how it works at all. And I'm so glad I found a different way. This is so important. And and I I think for, yes, Enneagram threes, but probably for everyone that's alive right now. I mean, we Mm -hmm. all face the same pressures. And if you talk to anyone, you know, the, the, I'm so busy is kind of a badge of honor, right? Everybody's busy and, and kind of proud of being busy. One thing I love is that you tell us that time is our friend Mm -hmm. and, and, I see that. I get that. I I think it's a lot easier for me to get that looking back. (laughs) I can see that when, when people reach out to me and they're like, Oh, I want to write a book. I want to, I want to do this. How did you get there? And I'm like, you know what? It was a long process. If I knew it back then, I don't know if I would have done everything because I had no idea how long and how slow the grow would be, but thank God now looking back, you know, or something about, you know, asking questions about my grown sons. And I'm like, well, I didn't know back then, but it was a long, long process. You have to be patient. So I can do that looking back, but how can we maybe give us some little coaching here? How can we try to keep that perspective now, seeing time as our friend? Right. So the thing is, most of us see time as the enemy. It is this thing that has to be squeezed, attacked, put into boxes. Uh, We say things like, I'm running out of time. I don't have enough time. We tell our kids, hurry up, hurry up so we can get out the door faster. It's just constantly this enemy. And when I started to look at Ecclesiastes 3, where it says that there's a a time for every purpose under heaven, a season for everything, in that section of verses, it's clear to me that God works through seasons and that God and time are friends. And, you know, he says that there's a time for everything. And down through those verses, it talks about there's a time for joy, but there's also a time for weeping. There's a time for dancing, but there's also a time for grieving. And there's a time for planting and sowing. So all of these things. And I think that we want to live only in the good of Ecclesiastes 3. And um, anything that feels like a bump in the road, the weeping, the grieving, the sowing or what, you know, whatever seems like a hard thing is something we don't want to have to deal with. But God makes everything beautiful in its time. And so God and time are friends. And so what does that look like? 
for me to dial it back and see time as a friend. And you're right, Monica, when you're in the midst of uh, motherhood, for instance, when the, the kids are young, I, I remember often wishing that I could coordinate their nap schedules so that I could somehow <laughs> get the real work done. Right. And it is in reverse where I see that that was the real work. The real work that I was called to do seemed so small and inconsequential, obscure and unseen. But those are the moments that have created my girls into the young women that they are becoming. And I'm not saying that they're perfect kids, nor am I saying that I'm the perfect parent, but I can see how seeds planted early on and seeds tended and fields tended um, produce fruit later. And unfortunately, outside of giving everybody that's listening right now a crystal ball, that's only some that's only something that can be lived and experienced for yourself. And so I think, you know, just just as a reminder that these little things matter. I spend a lot of time in the book validating the small good growth that is here and now. And, mm. and I think that we would do well to celebrate the good things like yes. every day or weekly just to pause and celebrate the good growth instead of obsessing even, you know, let's say you've got a one-year-old child who isn't walking yet. Like, why is my child falling behind or is there something wrong? You know, how come little Johnny down the street was walking at 10 week or 10 yeah. months old? Uh-huh. You know, I mean, right. it, it starts little, but then it's, you know, it turns into academics. It turns into athletics. It turns into how, what college they're going to pick. It turns into what spouse they're going to pick. Like, if we don't settle this issue now of, um, you know, having a, a, um, a settledness, I guess, mm-hmm. with um, the growth and the pace of growth in ourselves and in our children, I think it will will carry that in through the rest of our lives and experience a lot of discontentment. Wow. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's almost like a habit that you have to nurture in the small things and then it yeah. will transfer. Well, there's so many farm analogies. I was just like, I wouldn't have ever realized until I started reading this. But you talk about the importance of putting down deep roots as you grow crops on the farm. And this deep rooted growth just is across the board so important. Can you just talk a little bit more about that? I mean, you kind of touched on that really in, in parenting, but talk about the deep roots. Yes. And so I'm going to apologize to all of your listeners right now, Monica, because I say roots instead of roots. <laughs> and most people, you sure okay. no, it you is, say roots. It, it, but I, I, I'm telling you, I had to put a disclaimer in my audiobook. I had to put a disclaimer in my Bible study videos <laughs> because okay. if I had tried to say roots, it would have been uh-huh. a disaster. And so <laughs> And it's not just Jennifer. I have a few words like that. We all have our words. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's regional. I mean, it's not like, it's just like a part of Iowa or something, but we say roots. I love it. And so (laughs) we all know now what Jennifer's trying to say. Yes. So on the, on the farm, we put millions of seeds in the ground at planting season and they go into a dark place. And if I was a corn seed, I would be completely freaking out. There is no doubt about it. But a corn plant never freaks out. Like Jesus says, they do not labor or spin. <laughs> so um, during this time, it, it, they, they will finally start to grow. But be, before you can see any upward growth, there is growth going down deep into the soil. And 
for every inch up, there is another inch going down. And I think the temptation in life, human life, is to pay attention to the above soil growth, upward mobility, what can be seen and observed. It's less glamorous to think about what's happening in the dark places and underneath. But that is actually really where the magic happens on a farm because no, there is no question that on a farm, you are going to have seasons of drought. And when that happens in July, you look at the plants and think there is no way that there's going to be anything to harvest. It's just too dry. But here, here's what happens. The corn plant is putting down deep roots in search of water. And this not only helps it to find water, but it helps it withstand storms. And there are inevitably big wind storms that happen here in the summer. And you would think again, how is that plant going to produce anything? Because the plant is sort of bent over and it's like, no, that's not going to work, but it does. And the same is true of people. Um, if we want to withstand the storms of life, we need deep rooted living to hold us strong and not to be shallow planted. Yeah. And mm-hmm. furthermore, these in times of drought, when we have a good root system, we're able to also go down deep in search of living water that will sustain us. And it's makes, it helps us to actually grow during adverse times. And it's the kind of growth that we couldn't have experienced any other way. It's the kind of growth that you can't experience during the best times of your life. But it's things that build character and make you into the person that God is calling you to be. And that is a miracle. That is a miracle. And it's and it's so beautiful. And I know for me, this just reminds me so much. I tell people a lot, the reason why I encourage young people, all people to dig in and spend time with the Lord daily is because it's doing a work in us that we won't know until those storms come, right? And I just, you know, I think about this. One of my my firstborn son had a real difficult uh, delivery. I haven't even really talked about it on the podcast um, or in my book yet. So that'll come out eventually. But Mm. it was a real traumatic experience. Um, And, you know, he was in the ICU for a week and it was just a real scary time where we weren't sure what the outcome would be. But what I found in that season was that there was such a peace in me that all I could think was how many mornings I spent just praying over this baby, praying over the pregnancy. I had had a miscarriage before that. So I really, this whole pregnancy was kind of a scary time for me and really prayed and dedicated that baby to the Lord to such an extent that I think when he arrived, I had such deep roots Mm. that even though it was a scary time, there was just this supernatural, miraculous peace that I felt. And that's what you're talking about is doing the work, digging in, getting those roots deep will then play out when we need it the most, right? Absolutely. And I think too, when we model that to our children, it Mm. helps them to grow through times of adversity because there's little doubt that they're going to face difficult times. And when they see what it looks like for mom to put down deep roots so that she can withstand storms and to go in search of living water in the drought times of her life, we are modeling what it looks like for our children 
to endure difficult times that they will inevitably face. Wow. That is, that is so good. Well, one thing I've loved looking through your book is that you give us a chance. I'm a journaler. I love to journal. And you have the section, remember, reflect and return kind of framework. I love how you've done this. I just flipped through to check them all and was like, oh, you've done such a great job. Tell us a little bit about that framework. Yes. So this has been a very common regular practice of mine for a very Mm. long time, but I didn't even know it was a practice. Wow. (laughs) It's just sort of one of those things that I've always done. And we decided to work it into the book because it's really a growing slow method and itself is a practice of slowing down that um, when we pause to look back on our day or our week and remember some bit of truth Uh, that we want to remember, or some wisdom that we have taken to heart. And that really can be anything. It doesn't have to be something poetic. It could be a a memory of something that you did with your grandma when you were five. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it can be so obscure, but it's just like something to ponder on that's meaningful, that brings you joy, that teaches you something. Could be a Bible verse or a song lyric, you know, whatever it may be. And then you move to reflecting, like, what is it about that, that the Holy Spirit is saying to me? And I give prompts for remember. And then I ask some questions in the reflect section in the book. And then um, return is when we return to the land that is our life. Like, yeah, wherever we are, whether that's on a Hawaiian island or on a farm in Iowa, when we put our feet down into our homes and our places and our businesses, how does it, what does it mean to us here? And so I'm going to give you one, Monica, and then I'm going to turn it around on you. And I hope that's okay, because I'm going to ask you just to remember something. We're just going to go through this Ooh. practice. Boy, I, I didn't give you okay. any warning on she that. She did right? not warn me, people. No, she did but not I know. warn me. You can, see, but you have the edit controls. You can just edit <laughs> this part out. <laughs> I do. So I'll give you one real quick, and you can be thinking okay. of yours, but this is something like I, I gained weight over COVID and um, I finally got back to the gym because I couldn't do all my exercises. And I'm like, Ugh, I'm not making the pro. I mean, it didn't have any problem getting on, but now I can't get the weight off. <laughs> right. And I was yeah. working so hard and I was at this new gym and it it's kind of a slower process kind of a gym, not like quick results. And I told it's a Nate, gross like, low gym. yeah, it's a gross slow gym. It's <laughs> super annoying. And, um, I was really lamenting my progress on the way to the gym one day and his words came back to haunt me, (laughs) but it was the the remember phrase in that moment was slow progress is still progress. Mm -hmm. And, um, how he's always talking about the slower progress is better and that, that it's not sustainable to like, you know, go on these 30 day weight loss plans and all this stuff. And so I got to the gym and I reflected on that. So I remembered slow progress is still progress. I reflected on what that meant in my life. And it, I realized that was true, not only at the gym, but it was true in everything. Like the, any kind of progress ought to be celebrated and the culture values fast progress. And so I just felt affirmed in being, you know, knowing that slow progress is slow progress. And as I returned to the land that is my life, I showed up at the gym that day and I made my slow progress. And I showed up the day after that and the day after that and committed Mm. to this idea of embracing slow progress. So that's what it looks like for me. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that in, in essence, I'm doing that like 
in all of my social media posts. It's just like how Mm -hmm. my mind works. And I wanted to just give a framework for people to be able to do that. So Monica, do you, do you have one? Is there something you want to remember? (laughs) Sure. And should I pull from from recent, like this week, whatever. I mean, maybe Scott put something on your heart. I mean, it could be some memory. It could be anything. Okay. This is where I just stall. Let's close my eyes. Let's remember. (laughs) Well, um, my husband is flying right now as we record, he's heading to Oregon to spend time with his family Mm -hmm. who actually live on they, they were kind of on a little farm, had some, a big garden and horses, but his mother has Alzheimer's and they're mm. starting the hospice situation right now. And so if I want to remember, I think remembering just that where we came from, you know, we, yeah. we, and, and our, our families, the, the amazing legacy And so, you know, specifically right now, I'm thinking of my husband's legacy of his godly parents and just that beautiful picture. So I can remember that in my hurried life, how seldom do I slow down and just go, you know, look where we came from and how far back and and just that beautiful gift God's given me and remembering that. Does that work for this? Yes, that works. (laughs) So now as you reflect... Tell yeah. me, like, how does that, what is, are you, I guess you kind of did reflect. You're, yeah, you're yeah, that was my. And then how yeah. about now, as you return to the land that is your life, how does it influence the way you're, you parent or the way that oh, wow. you, yeah, like what is Totally, it no, like? that's beautiful. That does, t- that's such a shift. As you even say that, I'm like, wow, what it does is it inspires me to continue raising my godly sons mm-hmm. who will carry on that legacy because, um, that's the gift I have in my husband came from the parents who poured into him so lovingly and gave him this beautiful life of, you know, just the way he was raised. And I can do the same here in the land that I live Yes, um, and, uh, you know, pass on that same gift. So that's really cool what you yeah, just did. <laughs> right. And so I like you're, get, you're, you're doing this recorded when people are listening and I didn't yeah. give you any warning. <laughs> No, but, but that was so cool. I love for, it. Well, we did that. There was no like thinking about the laundry or thinking about stuff that had no to be way. done. You were engrossed in the uh, practice of remembering something that is really, really important and that we don't sit and ponder. And so that practice, I actually have a guided journal that has that practice. It's free. It's a pre-order incentive for anybody who buys the book. They can get that thing for free and it's a whole year's worth of that. And um, it helps them remember, reflect and return. And then they can print off a whole bunch of pages to come up with their own remember concepts. But for a whole year, I give the, I give out the, the remember phrase. And in the book, I give out the remember phrase, but you'll get to doing this and you'll, it'll just become a part of your natural daily practice. Oh my goodness. This is so good. I've just recently been trying to do like an, a night devotional, like right before bed using an app where I just kind of walk through. Cause I find so often we, you know, we start our day maybe connecting with the Lord and then things get busy and then we crash into bed. But I've been trying my husband and I together to just do this little app that has you reflect on your day and, you know, confess any sins and, and, 
look back and notice where we saw Christ at work in our day. And I have loved that. And I think this whole thing of reflecting um, and remembering is just a real game changer. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad. It's kind of a theme that seems to keep coming up. And I think it's a special one and uh, could really, really be a, a big shift for a lot of us. So thank yeah. you, Jennifer. Yeah. Well, that thank you for so playing cool. along. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was really cool. Okay. So maybe just getting practical, people like me, anyone listening, just on it, because I know this has been a process for you as well, this shift to learning to live slow, grow slow. You still have a busy life. You're still doing a lot right now. Absolutely. Can you, can you counsel us, help us to understand how we might have, um, you know, slow our hurried hearts, as you call them. What what can we do on a normal busy day? Because these are internal shifts, I'm, I'm assuming. That's there's right. not a, We can't always, I mean, we can make some changes probably in our schedule, but how can we make the internal shift? Absolutely. Well, I think first is just making the determination that there has to be a better way. Otherwise, you know, to ask yourself the question, how is this life of hustle treating me right now? And if you want to keep doing that, um, okay, But I think that a lot of people do that because they think that's how they're going to live the productive, meaningful life that they want. But it's actually the opposite. I'm telling you, I am as productive, if not more so, than I've ever been in my whole life because I adopted growing slow principles. I didn't have to. I didn't lose my edge. I didn't lose my job. I didn't lose my career. I didn't lose my ability to parent or, you know, put meals on the table. All of those things still happen. And it doesn't mean that there aren't busy days because there are. But I have learned how to, for instance, unitask instead of multitask. And the quality of my work is so much better. I've wasted so much time thinking that multitasking was going to be the way to get a whole bunch of things done, only to have to go back and redo work because it was filled with errors. Totally. (laughs) Right. And then um, things like um, the remember, reflect, return principle, like really making that a part of my practice and taking the time to do that, not only on social media, but in my own private life. And then um, things like, um, it's just different for everybody. So the one way that I would suggest is go back and look at what you did in the first two weeks of lockdown, because we were actually all in a growing slow way. And as much as we didn't like a lot of it, and as awful as COVID-19 was and is, um, there were weird gifts of what that happened because of enforced slowness. And we learned anew how important people and connection were. And so for me, um, they were things like longer meals. We experimented with good meals. There was no more fast food. It was slow food around the table. Mm. It was lighting the candles and pulling out the china. It was six o'clock was like the moment at the house because one of us was going to surprise the others with a meal. It was so fun game nights, walks. We were so creative in figuring out how can we make the most of this situation. And um, and one of the things that was a huge game changer for me was in my entire life, I was more creative than I'd ever had been before in figuring out how to love my neighbor well. Mm-hmm. Because there were people who were alone in their homes, elderly people who couldn't get to the store to get their groceries. There were people having birthday parties. And I think we were all so committed to one another in those early days. And that's the way I want to live moving forward. Those are all really great grow slow principles. So I would just encourage 
anybody who's listening right now that wants to put this into practice, think back to those first two weeks. And I know this doesn't really work if you were a doctor or a nurse, by the way, so (laughs) disclaimer, but think back to that and figure out moving forward as this world opens up more and more what you want to hang on to that was good. And I think that's your answer in your first step. Mm, that is good stuff. I'm I'm now reflecting even as you're talking about those first two weeks and you're right. There was a, a real shift in the way we saw everything, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's, I, I skipped right back to chapter 18 in your book because it talks mm. about five things we can't afford to forget. That's and right. you do touch on COVID and some lessons that are so important there that I loved. So I think everyone will appreciate that chapter. And and really, there's just so much good stuff in this book. So hopefully everyone can get Growing Slow Lessons on Unhurrying Your Heart from an Accidental Farm Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have such a fun writing style. I've, I've loved your other books and just think you have such a uh, relatable, fun, and yet deep writing style that I just appreciate so much. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, if people want to just follow you, you've mentioned social media a little bit, and I love to follow you there. Tell people where they can follow you. Well, um, Jennifer Dukes Lee on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm in those two places almost every day encouraging people. And then for the book itself, growingslowbook.com. Mm-hmm. Right on. Am I the only one? Actually, Wendy Speak and I have had this conversation, so I know I'm not the only one. But for the longest time, I'd go, is it Jennifer Lee Dukes or Jennifer Dukes Lee? I would always <laughs> flip those. Do you hear from? Do you hear people say that? Every once in a while. And sometimes I'll get them turned around, but yeah, that's totally. all right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it must just either way it works. That's the thing. <laughs> that's right. So, well, it has been so much fun to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Just can't wait to finish reading this book. So um, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about and have you back on another time. Awesome. I would love it. All right. God bless and aloha. All right, my friends. I hope you were encouraged by that conversation. And you can find anything we mentioned, links to Jennifer's book and everything else over in show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 118, 118. All right. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for all your support. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week, rest of your summer as we wind down and head into what I think is the best time of the year by far, which is fall. Even though we don't have fall in Hawaii, I, I, imagine. Okay. So we will look forward to seeing you again next week. And until then, aloha.